Thank you for joining me on the Kingsley Grant Show, where emotional intelligence and leadership skills intersect. This show is designed for leaders who want to know what works and what doesn't work in today's workplace. Today, we have a special guest on the show. Her name is Laura Noel. Let me tell you a few things about Laura, and we'll fill in the rest as we go. If you are like most high-performing leaders, you're tired of being pulled in multiple directions with zero time left for yourself. Isn't that so? Well, that's why I have Laura here today, because she is a certified Proctor Gallagher coach who has 27 years of military leadership, and she helps high performers like live empowered, fulfilling lives all while achieving their highest potential. She helps leaders focus on what really matters so they can stop feeling out of control, become more effective with their time, and spend more time discovering what they love. Welcome to the show, Laura. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to have you here, and my audience are going to really love you because when I look at your, what you do, I said, this is a right fit. But before we even get there, one of the things I like to let my audience know, Laura, is that you are a real person and not a robot. And so, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, there you go. And one of those ways that we, we do that, Laura, is ask it's this question, where in the world is Laura today? <laughs> All right. Well, I am in New England. I'm in um, Nashua, New Hampshire. Ah, okay. So in your part of the world in New England, Laura, what's a must-see or a must-do and a must-taste for someone who will visit that part of New England? Mm, okay. Um, I would say going up north in New Hampshire and going to the lakes regions like North Conway and there's beautiful mountains there and lakes and there's so many things that you can do. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And I would also say must taste because we're in New England and we're near the water. And I had just come from a little staycation in Maine. Lobster or lobster. Ooh. Lobster rolls are everywhere. You've got to try a lob lobster roll. Wow. <laughs> <They're> amazing. <laughs> You know, you just uh, got my, my taste buds all riled up here, Laura. Don't do this to me. <laughs> wow. See, uh, you, you're now the envy because you're right there where the lobster is fresh. And, you know, I every now and then I watch this show where this guy travels around and he tastes food and all of that. And when he ever does seafood and the lobster, I'm thinking, man, this is like... You know, and here you go. But anyway, that's fine because <laughs> that's wonderful. I'm glad you, you mentioned that. So going up the mountains and so on, would there be some uh, a need for like a, a guide to lead, to help people to navigate those? Or can they do it on their own? You can definitely get around on your own. Um, when I've been up there to North Conway, I hired a guide because I wanted to learn. There was a a place where you could actually go rock climbing, Ooh. Cathedral Ledge. And I'd never done that before. And so I hired a guide. I would highly recommend <laughs> if you've never <laughs> done that. But the views are just spectacular. But you can get around. There's there's mm. little towns in the area. You can go swimming. 
there's wonderful bed and breakfast in the area. So you, really, it's whatever you love. Great food, too. Yeah. You know, I, I really like the fact that you said what you sa said just now, because I think this kind of dovetailed very well into my other question, because the fact is that having someone to guide you, your experience is probably going to be a bit better because they navigate, they have, they know the terrain, they have an idea of what it is that you might want to, um, things you may, you know, the best place to look out and so on. So I like that. So it sounds like a leadership kind of thing that takes place there. So here's my question for you, Laura, and this is when you hear the word or the term leadership, what comes to your mind? Mm. Um, well, in alignment with that, I think to be a strong leader, you also have to be an intelligent follower. Mm. Um, we all are, we're leaders, leaders of self. So all of us are leaders, but we're also all followers because we don't know everything and we have to know, um, you know, who to ask and seek advice from and be intelligent in that regard. I think to be a strong leader, I think of leaders helping other people to think highly of themselves mm -hmm. as opposed to getting others to think highly of the leader. Mm. Um, I think that's really empowering getting, mm. knowing that you don't know everything and, and having a team around you of support who's smarter than you <laughs> in a lot of different areas. Mm -hmm. So you can really tap in a, a leader is confident mm -hmm. and isn't afraid to um, continue to learn and grow and, and ask for that you know, support and to be that intelligent follower. So those are some things that really resonate with me. Yeah, you know, I, I like that because I think what I'm hearing is, is almost a, a slight paradigm in how leadership um, have been in the past when you're saying trying to focus on even the, your people and trying to show them that you don't know everything and, and so on. So I, I think that is a, um, a way that you're describing that leadership might be more effective. So my question is, suppose that leader was to do that. Um, is there something he or she may need to take into consideration, number one? And number two, what difference, what benefits might that be uh, for the, the, the organization? I think you have to have a certain level of confidence and you have to lead yourself and trust your intuition. Um, it takes incredible strength and power, I feel, to really lean on your team and and ask for support from the team to really mm. leverage the organization, to move forward in the organization, to really collectively come up with even better ideas to move forward in your mm. organization or in the team. But I think that opens up some really beautiful things for the team and for the team as a whole, actually individually and as a team, because it empowers people mm. to not only do their work, but also feel the fulfillment of doing that work and feeling they're, like they're the part of something much bigger. Mm -hmm. And I think mm. when you collectively are working toward a common goal and you're seeking input and buy-in, you know, what kind of team do we want to create? What kind of legacy do we want to leave? What kind of culture do we want to create? When you have everybody's input and buy-in in that regard, you can really create some amazing results. Mm. You know, um, what I, as I listen to you describing that, Laura, I, I, I um. I, my mind goes back to the fact that a lot of leaders 
and, and, and their people tend to know these things. They tend to know what to do, right? And, or what mm-hmm. they should do. Because, you know, it's one thing to know and another thing to, to do it, right? And, right? and so leaders will be, they kind of re, not reinvent the wheel, but they kind of re- do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, <laughs> but, that, right? but that doesn't happen. So what, what you're describing then is my, my question, that why, why, why do people then not do what they already know they should do? Because some things you're describing, it's almost like, come on, you know this, but why right. aren't you doing it? Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's interesting because companies in North America spend billions of dollars on training people to know more, right? We have sales training and different types of training, but then year after year, they get sent to the same training over and over and over again because they're not doing what they (laughs) consciously know they should do. They already know how to do. And the same is true in our leadership style. I I don't believe that we're born leaders necessarily. I, I feel like we can develop those skills. I agree. But a lot of those beliefs that we have, the way that we carry ourselves, the way that we communicate with people, the way that we lead or follow, I think that's become a part of our DNA. We watch other leaders when, from the, you know, when, from the time we're babies, we're watching the people in our family, really the people who are around us the most, how they interact with one another, how they lead, how they lead themselves, the type of conversations they're having. And that shapes how we feel about ourselves, our self image, how we then in turn lead and grow and serve. So that becomes really a part of our DNA, that environment really shaped that, shaped it. Mm-hmm. And so as we learn more and we learn more leadership techniques, or we, we say to ourselves, gosh, I know this is effective, but I just, every time I go to do it, I find myself reverting back to these old patterns. <laughs> it's because we're literally programmed to operate the way that we do. Mm. So if we want to change, for example, our leadership style to a different way, maybe a more effective way, especially during these times, everything is changing so rapidly around us. It's not enough to change our behavior. You know, we have to change the underlying cause of our behavior. Mm. And that's our paradigm. That's our belief system. And so you've got to instill beliefs that are in harmony with this version of yourself you want to be. And you can use some, you know, some affirmations and Mm -hmm. things like that to help, but you also start to shift your behavior at the same time. So Mm -hmm. if you just change your behavior, then you're using willpower and it'll only (laughs) last, you know, willpower has a shelf life and then you'll eventually revert back. But if you start working on your mind and play kind of like a mind game Mm -hmm. with your mind, with yourself, and the behavior, then you'll have results and um, really a, a leadership platform that will stick. You know, I, I think I, I like that because, I mean, I, I do believe that myself that, you know, one of the things I have often said is that your belief shapes your behavior and how you behave is re- a reflection of, of, of what you believe. And we see that so often. And I'm hearing you describing that, uh, Laura. And so that I'm hearing that if the leader um, and even the culture, because I find the culture could also have, in a sense, some beliefs ingrained within it, whether it's spoken or unspoken, and those behaviors are being manifested, and people may not even realize that they're trying to put, you know, face the uh, the symptoms, right, the behaviors, but then there's deep-rooted cause, like you said, that is really where they need to go. But I find sometimes, and you can, you, in your experience, you can tell me if this is what you see as well, 
uh, and maybe not as exactly, but I find some leaders have a pushback because in a sense, they're going to admit. So I like the word earlier, having the confidence, but they feel like they're going to admit that this might be a failure on their part or an admission that they probably are not doing the leadership thing as they ought to. And, and so that they would rather just keep things you know, going and quote, why fix it, fix it if it's not broken, but we know it's broken, but they will mm -hmm. just pretend. Um, how do you speak to a leader that way who might be, you know, kind of reserved because they're not really sure and they don't want to somehow come across as if they are, you know, maybe not as competent as they've kind of promoted or projected themselves to be? Mm, yeah. And that's a paradigm shift in and of itself, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Really changing your definition of what success is like what a that. successful leader is right Good. and when we kind of sit back and we say well you know i really don't know what to do am i admitting wrongdoing that i'm not really that effective um then you're not really leading yourself you're allowing fear to lead you mm. and that's mm. really the antithesis of being a leader if if you're going to allow that fear to lead you because the truth is Nobody knows everything. There's always a better way to do something, a more effective way of doing something. And when you're dealing with people, mm -hmm. every individual on that team has their own set of paradigms and beliefs that they're <laughs> they're working <laughs> with, right? And so you have to shift. And it's, I don't think it's the team's job to really give in to my leadership style. It's my job as the leader to adjust my style of interaction with people depending on how they receive information. I, I mean, I study this stuff. I believe that all leaders should really understand their people and how to best communicate with them and understand what makes them tick, what motivates them. And, and as a result, you have to adjust a mm. little bit. Mm. Yeah, um, which leads me to this this, this um, idea because I, I think you're right. I mean, there's no question about the fact that you know you you know I, I want how I can frame that is, you know, know those who labor among you, get to know them, and the whole know like and trust factor. Let them get to also know you because when that happens, there seems to be a synchronicity that takes place that people are now on board more so than before or, or than in the past. But I, if I can come back a little bit here, because I, I think this is very important, what you mentioned, Laura, about the, the, the paradigm from the and the belief system. Um, are, are there any kind of, um, I would say, common, uh, more universal type of belief system that tend to be in leadership that you've seen where possibly these one, two, or three beliefs that might need to be kind of revisited and maybe revamped or just, um, you know, re redefined that would be helpful to that leader as they're listening right now and wondering, could we be doing this and not even realize it? Mm, I think a common theme is that a leader has to be the one that does everything and has all the answers. Mm. Um, that's very common. And yes. that's, that can be exhausting when you really truly believe that you're the one that holds the keys and you have to be the all knowing person and you know, you're holding kind of your cards close to your chest that there's not a lot of room for other people to grow around you. Um, mm. when a leader feels like they have to be that go-to person again, that your organization is only going to go as far as your level of awareness will take you. 
And when you're not leaning on other people and bringing in their expertise and their knowledge, then you might have a level of success, but nowhere near the level of success that's really possible for you if you bring in that more of a team approach. Um, mm -hmm. And I definitely, it, you know, growing up in the military, you would see some of the the old old school leaders, you know, mm -hmm. oh, the, the tail is wagging the dog. <laughs> and I think there's a fine balance between getting input, you know, what kind of culture do we want to create? What do we really want to accomplish with this vision and this goal? Let's create it together. You know, you certainly have things and takeaways that you have to accomplish as the leader, but when you are the lone ranger and you feel like bringing in that team approach is really the tail wagging the dog, <laughs> then that's a mindset shift that truly needs to happen because again, you're not going to move the needle very far. You know, I love what you said about the fact that, because I think this, I see a recurring theme of this so much in the work that I do and um, hearing from leaders and so on, that, you know, the, the, the frustration is like, uh, if, if I don't do it, it doesn't get done. So the belief mm -hmm. is that, you know, it all rises and falls on me. And um, and I think there's something that's a prevailing thought out there that says leadership, after, which I've heard is leadership, all everything rises and falls on leadership. And some people take it to be mean. I must be the, the you know, as you said, that person who knows everything. And um, if I'm not there functioning in that role, then things don't happen the way that it should. But that can be very, I just I love your word, your choice of word, very um, tiresome, frustrating, and the fatigue of that wears on leaders. So I love the fact that you're saying the belief system that may be, prevailing that as you're listening today, you might be need to take a chance to look back and say, you know, do you see yourself as a leader who feels, who believes you have to do everything? That's one mm -hmm. thing, as Laura mentioned. Um, secondly, she mentioned, do you see yourself as the go-to person for everything? How exhausting that must be for you. And, and she <laughs> also said, you know, that your the level of growth in your organization is only going to be as much as how high you are in the growth idea. I think John Maxwell talks about the, the, the law of the lid, that you're not going to go any higher or your people or your company will not go any higher than you are yourself. So those are some paradigm shifts that I'm hearing Laura is mentioning. So thank you for pointing that out, Laura, because I think sometimes these are overlooked and we may not realize they, they might be holding us back. And you also talk about the fact that that in this kind of um, mindset, and the paradigm does not does not get changed, um, how does this affect like decision making um, within the company, the organization, or um, wherever it needs to be? How does this affect that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think if if you're the type of leader who, and I and it's funny because a leader who's not growing leaders in their organization isn't a leader, they're a manager. Mm. And so they're just managing tasks. And so if you're not empowering people in your organization to make decisions at the lowest level possible, then again, you're creating this self-fulfilling prophecy mm. where whereby you're doing everything. So all the decisions lie with you. So again, you're not growing those leaders. Um, but I also find that maybe some of those leaders would tend to put off decision-making because again, there's only so many hours in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a decision in and of itself. It's called procrastination. <laughs> 
So you want to be in a position where you're truly leading yourself when you are inspired to take action, you take it immediately. And you can't do that when you're bogged down and you're not growing leaders around you. You know, what I, I really um, keyed in on, as you were saying, and I, I, like, I like the fact that you said empowering the people to make decisions at the lowest level as possible, because if one less or two less or three less things you as a leader needed to, to be worried about and free yourself up, give yourself the bandwidth to focus on the things that only you can do. So that I think is a great, great way of thinking and framing that conversation, Laura, because uh, I like that. And um, a leader, going back to what you said earlier, having the confidence in their people, because if you don't have a confidence in your people to make decisions, why have them around? I mean, why even hire <laughs> them in the first place, right? right. <laughs> so I love that your choice of words is that the empowering process start by giving decision making to the very lowest way um, wrong possible, because it benefits you, the organization, and, and it really doesn't wear you out to really focus on the things, like you said, not to manage tasks, but to really lead people. Because when you do that, that will bring more, more, um, more success. So your your company or your website is stretched into success. So you're stretching us today, Laura, <laughs> in this conversation. So um, let's talk about a little bit about what it is that when you are thinking about stretching people into success from your um, viewpoint, what does it look like? I mean, other than what you mentioned so far, which is already, I mean, stretching in and of itself, but I wonder right. what else would you add to that? Well, it, it starts with the individual. And I've talked to a lot of people who are in key leadership positions who are very successful. From the outside looking in, they're very successful. And then there's pieces of them that are just still left unfulfilled. So we really work to uncover what are some of those underlying beliefs why do you feel you have to do everything? Why do you have to be a workaholic? And at what cost? What, mm -hmm. what are you sacrificing to be that workaholic? And we really start to uncover what are some of those paradigms, beliefs, and fears. Um, because usually when somebody is working hard, and I'm saying that in air quotes, you know, mm -hmm. working hard isn't really going to move the needle forward. It's not going to help you make quantum leaps in your results and in your business and in your life, it's really getting in alignment and thinking. And um, and you, you might ask, you know, if we're in a key leadership position, isn't it because we're thinking? <laughs> and I would say not necessarily, because most people allow their paradigms, their deep-rooted beliefs, their external circumstances to influence how they feel, the decisions they make, as opposed to reclaiming their time first and foremost. And I would say first thing in the morning mm -hmm. where you're tapping into your thoughts, your intuition, your vision, your dream, you get that quiet in your mind so that you can think so that you're not influenced by all these external factors. So that's where we start. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, that's not easy. <laughs> I can't <laughs> I, imagine. You know, that's, um, you know, to really, if you are programmed to be really type A, that overachiever, that workaholic, um, it's really tough to slow down. But when you slow down, you can actually accelerate your results. But learning how to get back to basics, that's where we start. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. It's, it's, it's hard work, but it's the most 
necessary work and um, important work because I think that as you as a leader work on yourself, you are better positioned to help people around you because you are, as Laura mentioned, reclaiming the time and whatever else you need to to then focus on and leadership. And by the way, I mentioned that her website is stretchintosuccess.com, stretchintosuccess.com, that you will be able to find out. And what I also like is that Laura has made available some resources that you can access even today and a free PDF. So can you tell us a little bit more about that, Laura? And um, we know that they can go to stretchintosuccess.com slash Kingsley. And thank you. Thankful for you to have um, provided that, Laura. So stretchintosuccess.com slash Kingsley, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y. And you'll be able to access what Laura is about to tell us about. Yeah. So I think a good starting point is I've created a little PDF of six mindset changing techniques to achieve a more fulfilled life. So these are some things that will get you pointed in the right direction. Um, also, I have a monthly webinar, and mm. if you do decide to download the PDF, you'll just leave your email and your name. Um, you'll also know when I'm having more uh, deeper workshops where we really dive into this mindset information and really get you pointed in the right direction. So there are monthly webinars that you can sign up for. They're free now. Um, you can also download these six mindset changing techniques. And then if you really want to have a more in-depth conversation about your particular circumstances or your organization, then you can just book a call with me directly on my calendar. So everything is right there for you. Again, I do appreciate that, Laura, because I think that you have kind of wet our appetite and um, challenged us and stretching us in a, in, a, in a good way, because I think this is really important, especially in the times we're living in, that I mean, leaders are looking for something that works, and what you're you're bringing to us is something that is working, and I do appreciate that. And again, you can find this information at stretchintosuccess.com/kingsley, and uh, you get access to these, um, what Laura mentioned. And so, also, if you want to follow her on LinkedIn, you can find her at linkedin.com. Um, slash n slash Laura L A U R A hyphen Noel N O E L. So that is where you can also follow her. But I recommend you do because, as you've now heard, this is someone who have had you know she've lived it, she is um, teaching it, she's had the experience and obviously the the skill set around that. So I want to encourage you to make sure you avail yourself to these resources because you will find them to be very helpful and connect with her. So Laura. I want to say on behalf of the King of the Grand Show, thank you so very much for taking the time out of your business schedule to be with us today and download such a stretching, um, helpful information on leadership. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really, truly appreciate you. I've had a great time. And oh my gosh, the time has just flown by. Yes. But I really appreciate you. You're welcome. Well, Laura, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was so, I mean, uh, just so organic and so naturally flown.